Hello and welcome to Dark Concepts, a supernatural horror podcast written and read by me, Brian J. Cummings. This is the first episode of what I'm going to go ahead and dub as Season 3. So, hi! Uh, it's been about a year and a half, um, but I'm here, back in front of the microphone again, finally. Um, happy Halloween as well. That'll be when this episode is dropping. But yeah, um, all I'm going to say about the whole being away for so long is anxiety fucking sucks. Um, definitely going to do better on letting everyone know when a hiatus is coming. If it does come, I'm doing the best I can to kind of keep that kind of shit from happening. But, you know, it, it, it kind of, it just kind of happened. But anyway, you can only, um, hang around <laughs> 3 a.m. sleep deprived for so long before the frangs of the mind become noticeable. So, yeah, moving forward, uh, get enough sleep. So, anyway, I have a short story to share. Uh, this one is very short because I need to kind of get back into the swing of things, so I picked a small one today. But it takes place during a significant event that is going to be more explained in the novels that I'm writing. So, uh, more on the status of those monstrosities later. So for those who are new to the show, um, hello, <laughs> the, uh, the show is where I read my, uh, my short fiction, but afterward I will tell a more recent personal paranormal story of mine or two. Um, sometimes they're tied directly with the stories, but at the case today, they're completely different. They're just a few that I've chosen because it is spooky season. So, um, yeah, uh, the true paranormal stories, I am I have enough to probably fill a whole podcast in itself. But um and I will probably do going forward, I probably will do a few just true paranormal stories. I might end up just doing like every other week be a uh true paranormal story if you guys are about it. Um but anyway, if you like this idea or have some that you want me to tell here, um I I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Feel free to message me. The links are actually in the show notes below. And you know, even if you just want to talk about ghosts, I'm always fucking about it. So just uh, let me know. So with that, let's get into the story. Bane of the Undead. Gripping the blade, I stared into the sightless eyes of the shambling corpses of whom I had once loved, in what now seemed like another life, another universe, and seeing through my heart the gentle, loving souls they had once been. With every swing, tears streaming down my face, I wanted more than everything left in my soul that the sword in my hands had the power to bring them back, that this fucking nightmare could end only if I slayed them all. I closed my eyes, only for a moment before I understood the attack must come. Go ahead, open it, he said, nodding towards the long wooden case sitting on his kitchen table. It looked as though it had come from the attic, as it had about an inch of dust sitting on its surface. Had Grandma been alive to see this dirty thing on her kitchen table, she would lose her shit. My birthday isn't for a couple months, Grandpa, I said, rather confused as I stepped into the kitchen. He waved a hand. 
This right here isn't a damn birthday gift. This is, shall we say, just a special occasion. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Go ahead, open it. I looked at him for a moment before stepping up to the box, wondering how my frail grandfather got it onto the table in the first place. Grandpa was stronger than he looked, but it was still concerning. I've seen the writing on the wall for a while now, and I understand I'm not going to be around forever, so we may as well just get started. I was beginning to question him when I finally got the lid open. Placing my fingers around the worn wooden lip, I heaped it up. The hinges squealed with rusted protest, but it swung open, revealing a ruffled crimson blanket. I cocked an eyebrow at my grandfather. Under there, he said, waving a hand again. I pulled the sheet back and stared at the item that lay beneath. The gem-encrusted hilt of a glistening longsword lay beneath. A sword? You're giving me a sword? Not just any sword, kid, he said with a hesitant laugh. The one that I was used to and would dearly miss after he was gone. This sword has been in our family for ages, and it kept our ancestors safe when the dead came back to life during the plague. I just looked at my grandfather, probably with incredulity, because he just shook his head. It's fine if you don't believe me. Your dad didn't. And that was fine because in the end, it wasn't to happen during his time. It's to happen very soon now under yours. And though you may scoff at the notion, you must understand that what I speak is the truth. And I wouldn't lead you down a road of bullshit. You have to know that about me. I do. It just sounds crazy, I told him. It did sound absolutely nuts. I was a service attendant at the 7-Eleven, and now wielded a sword handed down to me by my ancestors to stop what? The undead. I mean, it's beautiful. It's not about how beautiful it is. The point is that it'll keep you safe during... During whatever the hell happens. I was stunned into silence by the tear in his eye. I had never seen him cry before. Not even when my father or my grandmother died. Alright, I'll start practicing with it today, I told him. Not knowing that the world would collapse in two months. This wasn't a lot of time to practice with the sword by any means. But practice I did. And somehow, as if it responded to my movements all on its own, I became very proficient with it. Perhaps the use of it was encoded in my DNA somehow, as if my ancestors had used the blade before, or there was something else at work. A form of magic. I now leaned towards the ladder. In the last week before the end of it all, nothing seemed out of the ordinary, at least in the day-to-day, -day, of those around me. I grieved for the loss of my grandfather who had died only a week earlier, but that didn't stop me from training. I doubled my efforts, almost possessed by the blade, as if it called to me at every idle moment. I slept with the sword by my side, and that week became the breeding ground of some of the worst nightmares I have ever experienced. Looking back, I see it as a preparation for the waking nightmare I was about to inhabit. The end did come, and when it did, the sky seemed to explode with a massive brilliance of reds and yellows, like some demonic aurora borealis. The transformers on every street began to spark and catch fire, and no one's lights would come on. They would never come on again. It was from that moment on that I left my former life behind. The current world was alien, full of monsters and walking corpses. It wasn't that the dead wouldn't stay down. A lot of those who died after the lights went out did. But there was still plenty of pain so rooted in their souls that even death itself wouldn't let them rest. 
So many of them would wander the streets, screaming in agony, and letting out their fear and anger on anyone still living, not eating their flesh, but fueled by a rage that the living couldn't even begin to comprehend. They ripped the flesh from bone, tearing a living person to bloody pieces for merely existing. I did my best to save those I could. The faces of those who died in the midst of one of those horrible attacks haunt me when the sun goes down, and those of us who still remain hunker down for yet another restless night of watching, of waiting, just trying to survive. I have saved many, but sometimes it feels like a labor of futility. There's no way to bring back the vengeful dead after they had turned. The only thing I can do is slay them with the gift of my grandfather, to help those I find and bury those who I fail. The sound of my blade slicing into the flesh of the undead is something I will never get used to. I hope never to attune my ears to it, and I hope that one day I may be able to go back to a life I once had. The life of friends, family, hopes and dreams. All have been absorbed in the blade I hold in my trembling hands. Nine corpses, three of them children, lay at my feet, all of whom have been dead for weeks now, all of whom had tried to tear my body limb from limb. The ruined and eviscerated remains of what was once my grandfather lay among them, all engulfed in an otherworldly rage that I pray to whatever deity remains that I will never experience. I wander onward through this world of darkness and despair kindling the hope that one day I will find a semblance of a peaceful life. It's what he would have wanted. Society will try to rebuild what remains of it anyway. My hope is that in the process it doesn't forget those it had once left behind. The many left out in the cold, while the few at the top lived in opulence. The tower of our world had grown top-heavy, and when the lightning struck it had brought us all down to the same level of hell. And the pain of our indifference consumed us all keeping the dead from resting. Regardless, I see a kindling of hope now in the several settlements of survivors I've passed through. As with all things, the world will heal. It always does. The true question remains. Will we? Alright, now for the ghost stories. So... I'm going to preface this by saying that I, whenever I usually see something that is <laughs> not there, um, full body apparitions, um, a lot of times I will see them as not like you would think, like a ghost would look like a, a lot of times they are just regular looking fucking people. Like they just, a lot of times I just do not bat an eye until uh, the second they're just somehow blipped out, like they're not there anymore. And this has happened quite a few times where it's, it's like, Oh, okay. This is, this is what's happening right now. So, <laughs> um, and I've, a lot of times I will not be the only one to see this happen. So it's certainly validating in that regard. But anyway, um, with the first story here, um, Years ago, I was working as a maintenance guy in a nursing home. Both these stories take place in nursing homes, by the way. 
But uh, this story here is extremely quick. Um, I was working on a bed, like one of the mechanical beds, and the the resident who was occupying the room wasn't actually moved in yet. So it was basically there fixing a bed, making sure things were working properly before they moved in. So I'm working on this bed, crouched down. Um, these fucking beds back then, they just, I don't know. I think it was like this particular bed just sucked all the time. Like I, I was always working on this damn thing. By the way, I'm down, kind of crouched near the ground, like, fiddling with this thing, trying to get it working. And um, I'm in the middle of working on it. And I look down and I see a pair of shoes. (laughs) And these shoes, they had not like walked up or anything. They were just like somebody had been standing there as if they had been standing there the whole time. They weren't moving. They were extremely close. So I kind of looked up like, holy shit, kind of scared me a little bit. And when I did so, no one was there. (laughs) And I looked down and there wasn't a pair of shoes just sitting there. It's like they were gone. Like it was just that quick. It was boom, boom. And then it was just like this intense cold, like, you know, because I think it's like when you experience something like that, I don't know if it's like a psychological thing, but it's like, it just, I was like, holy shit. Okay. So I kind of hurried up, got the bed working, and got the hell out of there, and been back to that room several times since then, and nothing happened like that again. So it was just a one-off, really creepy. But that's, a lot of times, that's how it happens. It's like, holy shit, and then nothing there. So anyway, that was the first one. I was by myself for this one, for that one. Uh, The next one, another nursing home. This was, happened years later. More recent, I was up here in New Hampshire at the time, and I was doing, uh, instead of maintenance, I was doing uh, heating and air conditioning. So I was in this residence suite, I would say. So it's like kitchen, living room, bathroom, bedroom sort of thing. And the bathroom was like right beside the front door. So I walk in and I see two ladies, they're dressed nicer as if they're going out to like lunch or something. And then so far off in the living room, the living room area, there was a guy wearing a red trucker hat, had like a greenish flannel shirt and faded blue jeans. And I, I mean, he had like a white beard. It was, it wasn't a big beard. It was just kind of like, you know, he looked like kind of a smaller dude, but anyway, he's, he's back there and he didn't really acknowledge me coming in, but the, uh, the two ladies did, and they're like, uh, you know, I had introduced myself and was like, I'm going to be in the bathroom uh, working. Um, if you need me to get out, you know, let me know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the whole thing. I'm in there. I'm doing my thing. And then soon my coworker comes in. He's in there helping me. And um, shortly after that, the two ladies were like, we're going to leave. Uh, just make sure that you lock the door when, you, when you're done. We're like, okay, cool. No, no sweat. So they leave. We're working still, and and I'm kind of like, I didn't see the older guy leave with them or anything. So I asked my coworker, I'm like, hey, is the older guy still out there? It's like, and he's just kind of looking at me like, what? And he looks out there, and he's like, there's no old guy. What are you talking about? And I'm like, I, I thought there was a dude out there. 
just chilling on the couch and he's like no and i started describing him and he's like just give me this look like fucking really because <laughs> this is we had had an experience earlier that day as well where uh we were in a room i was i was in there first by myself the same kind of the same deal but no one was in the room and i'm in there and i'm working on this this thing and i look over and there is a little motion sensor light and uh, whenever i walk by it it would it would go go off so i was like okay cool this is you know positioned to where if the resident got up during the night it would come on so that way they didn't you know fall obviously so i'm in there and i'm watching this thing and it tends to go off by itself and i'm like that's weird you know it's just malfunctioning or something when it it most definitely could be. But anyway, um, it would work every time me or my coworker would walk in front of it. So I'm sitting there and he's, he comes in and he's just kind of like has this weird look on his face as he's coming in. And I'm like, dude, come here. Look, I was like, watch this. Cause I'm, he knows me. I'm like the ghost guy at work. So I'm like, he's like, Oh yeah, freaking dude. But anyway, I'm like pointing at this light and it just, uh, we're watching it and it just goes, comes on and he's like what the hell and he's like freaking out and i'm like i don't i don't know why he's freaking out he told me that the guy the resident who had lived in this room just died like a day or two ago in the room i was like oh okay <laughs> so it, it was it could have been nothing but it was just the way it was happening like that it was it was kind of humorous but anyway it all that happened on the same day so like we had the thing with the with the older gentleman in the room in a and i went out there and there was there was nothing like i want to say like you know i saw maybe a picture of him you know but i didn't see anything like that so i don't know where this guy went what that was all about but that was it so a my part of me that is sort of developing this second sight this uh I, I tend to feel like tie this into my intuition a lot of the times and i do feel that whatever that was was a kind of visitation more or less by someone who who had died i want to say more than likely it was probably just a husband who had passed on so that's what i attribute that to um like i said i just saw it for like a split moment as with all these. So it's, you know, it is what it is. I have no way of proving it or anything like that, but it was just really freaky. It was weird. And, uh, but anyway, um, those are the two stories. Um, plenty more to come. Um, so yeah, before I go, I do want to tell you all that I do have a short story collection out. Um, it's just that, first season of the podcast in a type format. Essentially, there is also an extra uh, Christmas story in the middle there. I just kind of published them, the collection as the episodes went out. So um, if you like the show and want to support it, that is one way of doing it. So I'm also planning on doing some special stuff for the holiday season, releasing quite a bit of stuff, hopefully. So I'm just going to, I'll put that out there. I'll more more details to come. Um, so, until then, 
I'll be back in two weeks' time for another story channeled from the darkness of the witching hour. So keep a candle nearby, because you never know when the lights will go out. With every swing, tears streaming down my face, I wanted more than everything left in my soul that this is totally not the first time I've read this.